Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. Hi, this is Janet Jackson. Hi, this is Usher. Your variety. We, we, we are 87.1 Caroline Radio. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio, KCGN Bakersfield, your home for all your variety hits, just like the Aaron's Opinion podcast. Wow. Welcome back, listener. How are you? I'm glad you had a good week. Um, last night, we really got into some really amazing and really beautiful and, quite frankly, really deep messages from Cheryl Rose. However, this evening, I've asked Cheryl to come back um, so that she can talk more in really more of a lighter, um, in a philosophical sense, a little bit of a lighter meal for us tonight about some of the volunteer work that she's done and the different ways that Cheryl has helped the blind. Now, by the way, last night Cheryl has alluded, or I have I have inferred that Cheryl is probably losing her vision. Um, and many of our listeners, in fact, probably the majority are blind themselves. I think them hearing what you've done to help the blind would be a really, a really good message this evening. So without further ado, all right, Cheryl Rose, welcome back, go ahead. Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me back. And I am so happy to be able to talk about my volunteering since I was a youngster. And uh, helping the blind has been something that my mom instilled in me as I was a young girl. She told me, always make sure you volunteer. Do something good for others because it will always come back to you. It's a good way to be. And it also makes you a very well-rounded individual. And I said, well, I'd like to volunteer and read to the blind. And I started when I was in my teens. They let us start working, volunteering. And I started reading to the blind in old age homes that's what they were called in old age homes now we have you know places where the elderly go and i would read to elderly people who were blind because they were extremely elderly and i learned about different types of blindness and i did not really understand anything other than if i closed my eyes I can't see. If I open them, I can. Thank you, God. But let me help those see through me. This is what I'm going to do. And I would read a book to these groups of women and men, and I would always have something humorous because they were in this, to me, very dull place that had very little to do to keep people active. And these elderly people would say, well, let us tell you stories when we were little. And I said, well, I'm here to volunteer for you guys, so let's get a good book going. So they would pick a book or they would pick something 
that was interesting for me to read. And they'd always ask me to read the newspaper to them. So I said, certainly my pleasure, but I'll tell you some jokes at the end. And we always had an ending that was on a good note. Uh, as I progressed- okay, so, I mean, so, obviously, yes. so obviously you kind of brought that on yourself there. I mean, obviously I gotta have you tell a joke right here. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, the Fifth Dimension, they wrote the songs uh, in the 60s. They were a little early. I was in the Fifth Dimension 60 years later. <laughs> go out and get their, go out and get their LP. <laughs> you know, they, the song, so I got to tell you. So with, the, so with these elderly, with these elderly people and these old people back then, did you use that same dark humor, that same dark, that dark well, sense of they, humor back then? Yes. And they really liked it because nobody there laughed and they used to say, you know, you, you make a smile because you come in with a smile. So I say, how do you know I'm smiling, you know, May or Lil, or I used to have different names than Doc. We used to have nicknames for each other. And I used to make it, you know, the greatest hour possible that I could to make a person, if I was in those shoes, you know, get out of their shell. And there was some real crows there that did not want to be there that were not nice. And I said, if you're not going to smile, I can't have you here because I'm in a group of smiling people and you don't have teeth. That's fine. I'm not looking at your teeth. I'm reading the book. They were afraid, you know, don't smile because they don't have teeth. And back then, nobody had so, you know, now they're all dangerous. But, you know, it was okay. Charlotte's Web was seemingly um, over and over to be read. Or, you know, play the piano for us. And then I say, well, you guys have to sing along, but I'll do the piano at the end. So we had, we, we broke it up. And, but I really led, led a good group. And then they would not come back after a while. And I would be very upset not knowing where they were. And I understood they had passed away they, these were old people and they were sent there by their kids you know and i felt that that was horrible how could you do that and i found out what humanity was all about and as i progressed there's a a home for the blind that's no longer near my home and i'm glad for that uh, but i was reading for the blind in this home that uh, was like a supported home by the state for blind people and I was doing it for four or five years and it was a very very sad group of people and they were young middle-aged kind of not too old but you know they, some of them were young and they had all kinds of disabilities but they were blind and they were sent there by whoever didn't care about them I did because I said wow they're close by I can you know walk down the hill and uh, I'll bring some books and we'll read because there were no books there for anybody to read. Why should they have books? Well, I brought plenty of books and I started a library because I said, doesn't matter. There's a book there. It's there. And that's the object of consideration for manifesting your life to be better. And I was reading to them and they said, you know, guys, you know what I do? I said, I also uh, do manifestation techniques to get people to think better. I'm reading and reading and reading. They're like, can you read this? Can you read that? I'm like, sure, we're gonna draw straws. I said, whoever has the shortest straw gets to read the obituaries and we would laugh. 
joke was on them because they thought maybe one of the jerks that sent them there would be in the obituaries. Okay. Well, I said, I got to keep, I got to keep your names. Last names, it's HIPAA policy. I don't want to know your last name. We're going to have nicknames for each other. And they did not like being there. But after they accepted me about a month into it, I was doing it twice a week. It made me feel so good. I was with a group of people that accepted me, didn't judge me, um, embraced me. At first, they didn't know who I was. Another social worker, oh, Joe, Lord have mercy, right? Said, no, I'm the good guy, please. I come with a red cape on. Superwoman, here we come. And I said, we're going to read some books. I've got some books. And they said, I don't want to read. I don't want to listen. I'm, I'm upset. I'm this, I'm that. I said, well, guys, let's start saying, I'm glad somebody came here and is helping out. And we all have to get along. We all have to manifest positive attitudes. And I said, I'm going to start working with these people. They were so upset being there. The reading to the blind took them into another dimension because I filled my my words with emotion and uh, passion. And um, if it was a mystery, I would just, you know, use my voice because it was inflection. And I always loved reading, writing. And then I started doing some psychic work with them. And I said, who's Joe on your side of the family? I can't stand him. I said, well, you're going to have to forgive him if you want to move on. And I started my manifestation technique with these blind people. And I said, well, who wants to get out of this joint? He called it a joint, you know. Who wants to get out of here? Me, me, me. I can't get out of here. I have no place to go. I said, well, why don't we start manifesting positive attitudes and positive thoughts so that you can move on? But first, we have to love ourselves. And I started with that with them. Long story short, they each moved on in their own way. Got, they were given canes, uh, collapsible canes. Some were given dogs. But they all manifested the way I told them to, I was like a drill sergeant, I guess. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. You know, I was so upset for them. I said, the faster you do this, the faster you be on to a better life. Well, there, the place is closed, thank goodness. And they all moved on to a better life, whatever life that was for them. Um, they were in a better frame of mind. But I started with my feelings first. And as a youth, I also volunteered in the hospital. Some people there were blind, big glasses on, and they were left in the corner sitting there by themselves. I said, what the hell, why? I was, um, they called it back then a candy striper. You were supposed to deliver letters, uh, flowers, refill the water, and call the nurse if they needed help. So I did my two weeks in the cancer ward. I said, I can't do this. And then I went down to peds. I couldn't do peds. But then I went to regular, just average people staying in the hospital for small reasons. And I liked medicine. And I got into the study of medicine on my own, on my own. And uh, I worked with blind people because they got a letter from somebody and I would read it to them. It was a letter from their son or daughter. 
and I would read it to them aloud. And I said to the nurses, can I, can I read to these guys like in a group? No, you can't do that here. Okay. Can I read individually? Sure, if you like. And I picked one or two people who were friendly and were going to be there for a little bit time. And I would read to them or make up a story as I went along. Sometimes I made up a story. There was nothing to read to. Uh, or I would just talk to them about the spirit world that they were so afraid about. But what it did for me, Aaron, is it, it made me a person that I feel whole because I know I was changing people who were similar to me, but in, with different capacities of, of disabilities and being cast away sometimes or not accepted. I'm in, the, I'm in that group sometimes because of when I release, oh, you know, if you're psychic, if you're a gypsy, the fortune teller. No, I'm quite, quite the opposite. I have to explain to them. And I have my eyesight going, yes. And I have my back problems. So, you know, I'm there, but I'm, I'm feeling more whole by also saying we need to support the guide dogs for people who are blind and supporting, giving donations. The blind need dogs. The dogs are not cheap. And there's a lot of training that goes into these dogs. So I started volunteering to train the dogs. And unfortunately, they were little puppies and jumping around. And I, I really couldn't work well with them. But what I did was I set up demonstrations of people who work with guide dogs and started donations here, there in the communities I lived in when I did move around to different states, I would go to volunteering and go right to City Hall and see what they had for the blind with dogs and get them going. And those dogs are well-trained and, and well-loved and well-received. And they're allowed on planes now and in, re in restaurants. And I helped in my little capacity to help that way <clears throat> form groups of people to donate or to have them demonstrate in, in schools so the children would understand what the dogs were all about. If they saw a young person with the dog or an older person uh, who's blind, explain, talk. And these groups would come out and be thankful because nobody knew how to get the dog, where to get the dogs. And the dogs became a part of everybody's life and that was my uh, small diatribe on volunteering. I also took care of my elderly uh, great-grandparents and grandparents as they had macular degeneration um, at young ages, two of them great-grandparents. Um, I helped them, bathed them, changed them, uh, and some didn't speak English because they came from Europe. So I learned at a young age that I, I don't see color, I don't see religion, I don't see the different things that a lot of people see. I accept because I was brought up that way to accept and to help and to 
be apart. But I chose to be a part of a society that accepted me for who I was because I could, number one, make a difference. And I could be accepted in following through on the goal I had, which was have a good time and make these people have a good time while I was there and give them something, give them something that they didn't have necessarily. And now a lot of these homes that people are in have reading groups, piano playing groups, sing-alongs. You know, I was very, very adamant about not having anything to do all day long. So what, did the, what are they going to think about the paint peeling off the wall? Think about the grass growing? Think about how many times the lawnmower's outside. You can't do that to people. You know, I was very upset. And the, the state, I wrote a letter to one of the congressmen, which I shall keep nameless, and let them know, this is what we need to do for people and our senior citizen centers. This is what needs to happen. There's macular degeneration. We need to talk about this, you know, the importance of helping people out and all the eye institutes that are out there. Uh, talk about this because it's a topic that needs to be spoken about and needs volunteers and also needs love and compassion. And I am a person with love and compassion. So if you, you would like to continue asking me any other questions on this or any other topic, I am ready to rock and roll with you, Aaron. And that was another another magnificent, if I didn't say so myself, monologue. Uh, oh, and, thank you. And, and, a great, and a great one. Yes. Those, you know, so I mean, the first big issue, which is certainly interesting, is this whole notion of, you know, institutionalizing people who have disabilities. It, um, based, on, based on the stories that you were telling and based on the way that you were describing things, I already can, can infer and guess that you are, you are around or, or at least uh, 55, at least 55 years old. Uh, Let's I, go a little lower, a little lower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 53. I just, just, no, I'm sorry, 54. I just had a birthday, June 4th. <laughs> boy, oh boy, see, I, I, I gained a year and I lost my mind. Oh, <laughs> it's a blonde oh, moment. Can't oh, help it. Well, oh, 54. Well, okay, so I, I, yeah, because, and the reason, so the reason I knew that is, is because you were describing uh, an institution and um, basically to, to move to move in the in the progression of things what happened in our in our country was you know after world war ii but probably forever uh society was really not able to include people with disabilities until very very recently um and the truth of it is is that it became socially acceptable to put people into these types of group homes basically what you were volunteering at was a a type of institution it was a probably a physical house, uh, but mm -hmm. it was probably monitored by social workers and a doctor and things things like that. So it yes. truly it truly was not a home. It was truly in in a greater sense an an, an institution. And institutions mm -hmm. and institutions fail 
be, for the for a very simple reason they fail because when you group people together and then isolate them from everyone else you can't function so this correct is, so that's why institutions fail and that's why they're not and that's why and then what you know what happened was in the um <clears throat> in the 70s um there were there were a lot of documentaries that were made about an institution that i'm i'm sure you've heard of uh, which gets us off track a little bit. So I'm just going to briefly talk about it called Willow Brook. And from mm -hmm. there, yeah, you remember that one. And then yes. from there, yeah. And then from there, uh, Willow, Willow Brook was an institution for people who were uh, mentally retarded and had uh, mental, uh, mental, dis mental handicaps. And um, basically what happened was from that point on, from the 70s forward, people started to realize that it's just not socially appropriate anymore to institutionalize people. And then, I, and then I think in the 90s, I think a lot of these institutions started to close down. Um, I mean, today, are there still institutions? Of course, but there are very few of them. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's something that our society has, has moved away from. So um i mean yeah I'm, I'm glad that you volunteered at that institution i'm sure that was I, I appreciate the fact that you said that it was so difficult and at that time you know blind people were not able to obtain college degrees and were not really working um actively so that doesn't that doesn't surprise me uh in in the slightest really that that you experienced that yeah yeah and you know i i mean they were very, very upset that I, I showed up and they, I was allowed to go because it was considered safe. They're, they were not people on your know, medications and things of that nature. They were just blind, but they were sent there. And I was, you know, always told as a youngster, you know, always make sure you take care of somebody else because that's how I was just raised. That's just my family, you know, and we eat a lot of pasta, make some good food and have people in our lives that might not be in our own family, you know? Um, right. Sure. Sure. And, and, I, and I, I, I thank God that I had the experience of, it was frightening at first because you have all these, say 10 people in a room uh, with, with horrible looking chairs uh, smelling of mildew, uh, and here I am saying, hey, guys, I'm here. <laughs> I sort of had to make friends real quick, and I said, mm -hmm. you don't need name tags. I'll remember who you so are. We're going to use so nicknames. This is, this is really interesting. So did you talk to any of those people at the time? I mean, I understand that you were a very young person, so it would have been very intimidating. I completely understand that. But did you talk yeah. to them and say, you know, what's your name? How did you end up here? What are some things you want to do with yourself? Um, I mean, did, did you try to, I'm sure you did. Did you try to have, yes. have those types of conversations? And, and, and what did you yes. learn from them? What did you learn about that? Having having taken care of my great-grandparents from, from Europe, who were very strict and very, they never seemed to smile. Uh, it was sort of instilled in me that I could get people to smile and engage in conversation on their terms when they when I come in right right so, I let them so have you, their terms yeah yeah so I asked, I asked them. yeah I was 
I was wanting, I would like to try for you to try to come up with an example, maybe if you remember a sure. story that one of them told you how they ended up there, what their circumstances were. Certainly. I called her Betty Davis because she didn't want to smoke and she couldn't smoke. Uh, she was like Betty Davis with uh, the, the, the um, costume jewelry on and she had that attitude like Betty Davis, very standoffish and the same voice. All right, Bet. I said to, you know, I come from such and such town. Where did you grow up? And they loved, I found out, loved talking about where they grew up. And they all talked about the war and how difficult things were. And then they all started to talk to each other about, yeah, that, that's right. I remember that too. And then I would find something like, where did you guys go to the movies? You know, did you guys go see movies? Were you blind but then? Or were you blind as a from birth? Please tell me, because I don't understand this. I told them, I don't understand. I wear glasses, I have braces and buck teeth. You really don't want to look at me right now. But this is how I feel about myself. But I'm glad I'm here. But they did engage in conversation. I asked them, where did they come from? And then they started their story they opened up slowly and I said really I know great restaurant down there oh yeah I got a great restaurant too one would add and another one would say used to be at the bar my father used to hang out at that bar after work on payday there were certain social norms they used to tell me about growing up and uh, they told me about how the ladies used to wear hats all the time and gloves the men would wear hats all the time. And um, they used to tell me about the armbands. If a relative passed or friend, they would wear an armband on their um, jacket. A man would do that. And that would symbolize he was in mourning for someone. And some like to say, I really don't want to talk about it. It was horrible. I said, well, then don't talk about it. Let's talk about something that's not horrible. Like, do you like pasta? Or do you not like pasta? And they would be like, where'd that come from? Because I can get like that, you know, I can jump around. I had to, I had to make sure they didn't really, take me out. Yeah, you really do, you really do. So let's jump around a bit. So you also said that your parents uh, were from, grandparents were from Europe. Yes, they immigrated from uh, Yugoslavia, Austria, um, some several parts of, you would consider um, Northern or middle part of Italy, um, they and they came over on boats yeah. and they did the Ellis Island uh, welcome. And uh, that's only one part of my family. That was my mother's side that I took care of. That was from Europe. So then, by the way, how many languages can you speak then? Because obviously you speak some oh. of the European languages, right? Sure. Well, while they were all alive, God bless them. Uh, besides English, I could speak Slavish, which is now uh, was Yugoslavia. Now it's Croatian, but there's several different dialects of there's Slavish. A lot of, there's a lot of dialect. There's hundreds of languages in Croatia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, they spoke the, what would be considered one of the old Romantic Slavish languages that is very rarely spoken. Uh, Italian. Um, and then, of course, I learned Spanish in school. And then I learned a little bit of French because 
people were French and I, I couldn't get it. I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't put uh, Spanish, Italian, Slavish speaking. Yes. Could I carry a conversation? Uh, probably not as well as I could when they were alive because that's all they, they did speak. They, the, the older ones did not learn English. So they were very, you know, rigid in their thinking and they, you know, would say, you know, thank you or, or I love you too. And that would be like the most English you'd get out of them. But, you know, I was considered the oldest girl born and that was my line of primogeniture. You take care of your older relatives and I did it without without giving giving a fly that I couldn't go out and play with my friends. It was part of my life. That was how I was raised. So when I got to the homes, I'm like, wow, this is like great grandma to the 10th power. Uh, okay, I can handle this group. But they were really sweet people when you got to break them down from being upset they were there. They were they were very upset yeah. they were there yeah. now, you know, and, and, they, they, and did they explain to you what what who made the choice or how that did and how did they number one how did they find out about this this institution at the time was it something their parents set up at the time or what, what, what was your impression um the well the elderly folks were there because they were elderly that was just i guess the the sign of the time just where you went because nobody would take care of you they're their family put them there, their kids put them there. And then they would say, my daughter sent me here because she didn't want to take care of me anymore. I, and I was almost in tears because I can cry at the drop of a hat sometimes. And they sort of vented. And then another one said, my son and that crazy witch of a daughter-in-law told him not to marry her. It's because of them I'm here. And I said, listen, you're all here for unfortunate reasons or the state put them there because there is no nobody at home to take care of this person, to monitor them or help them around right. the house because there was Very, a single parent household. Yeah, yeah. Depending yeah. on their age. And that's what I know. would, and yeah, yeah. And, and that's what, you know what, that's what I would, that's what I would uh, understand. So, Let's kind of move in. Let's kind of segue and transition yes. right right into uh, our break by basically saying this is Aaron's opinion on Caroline Radio and Blind Advocate Radio. I'm Aaron Richmond talking with Cheryl Rose. We'll be right back. We are number one for your variety. We are 87.1 Caroline Radio. Welcome back, listener. How are you? All right. This is uh, we're back on, of course, Caroline Radio and Blind Advocate Radio. And anywhere where you get the Aaron's Opinion podcast, we're talking with Cheryl Rose this evening, who's done a lot of very interesting things in her life. Um, so yes, these, these people were probably put into this institution for a wide range, wide range of many reasons. And now let's move yes. more uh, to some of the things that you're doing um, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about guide dogs. Actually, I think that's a really interesting topic. Yes. Um, yes. So I actually have a retired guide dog. She, uh, she's very, very, very elderly now. Um, but oh. I, but I completely support guide dogs. Uh, what? Yes. Um, so how did you find out about guide dogs, and what schools uh, have you helped or or maybe volunteered with in the past? 
Well, I, I found out about guide dogs as a youngster um, walking this in New York City. Um, I would see the guide the guide dogs, and at the time there were a lot of German shepherds. That's what I saw as a as a child, and I love dogs. I'm, I am a dog fanatic. I've had many dogs and trained them too. Uh, I asked my mom, "What's what's going on with that? Why why is that person walking the dog?" As a young girl, I asked a lot of questions. Like by five, I was already twenty five, you know. <laughs> and so they explained to me that's that's a, the blind person has a dog to help them lead the way. And I asked so many questions: why, how come? And I did my own research because I had the Encyclopedia Britannica, and I read what I could read and looked at pictures and there was nothing there on guide dogs except one little picture oh wow now there's you know it's filled with all information we're going back to the you know the 70s so i saw more people with dogs and more people with dogs as time went on but I would always ask, how does the dog know? Why does the dog know? And having dogs of my own as a youngster growing up and uh, up until you know this young age that I am now, uh, I have seen and been with many people who have guide dogs and I love their dogs. And I always say, may I pet your dog? How does he or she know? Could you please tell me how does he or she know? And I did some research on the training. And um, like I said, it didn't work out for me. The puppies were just too much at the time that they were uh, golden retrievers. They were very hyperactive and I I couldn't do my part. I was too young, really. And uh, I guess if I tried now, I'd, I'd be a pro. But I asked a lot of questions to the person who had the dog. Is, can I ask you certain questions, please? And they would say, yes. Can I, can I pet your dog, please? Yes. And I love the dog. And then the dog would respond in kind with a kiss and, you know, make sure that the owner was still there. And they told me about the dog. And they got, they love to talk about the dog and the conversation about the dog. The dog took precedence over everything in their lives. And I said, that's fabulous. And where did you get it from? And each person had a different tale. Oh, took a long time. I was on a waiting list. Or it, it came because I applied. And this is what I'm hearing more. I applied. Or I, my children purchased it for me. Somebody purchased it for them. They were very expensive, you know. And they were lucky to have the dogs. And they are attached to the dogs. The dogs never leave their side. And I was, I said, oh, you know, the dogs I have at home, I had four at a time. And uh, that was great for me because I'm a dog person, like I said. And they all seem to do what I asked them to do. And I trained them to open the refrigerator for me because of my bad back with the, with the, with the ball and the, um, the rope. And they learned to do it. The big, the big ones. I had old English mastiffs, huge, huge, monstrosity, giant, 180 pound dogs. Nobody was going to rob my house, but um, I, I trained them how to do little things like that. But I couldn't open the refrigerator with my bad back. 
but I asked them questions. I, I said, you love your dog so much and that I could see how much the dog loves you. And you are, she said, I'm a different person. I am a totally different person than before um, Sophie came into my life. Or another person would say, oh, thank God I have this dog, my life. I have a life now. And I said, I'm so happy for you that you have this dog and you are so lucky and we would just say goodbye to each other and I might never see that person again, but I always would strike up a conversation. Uh, I would always meet somebody in a park with a dog that had a dog and I'd ask me, say hello to your dog. No. Okay. Move on to the next person. And that was okay with me. I respect your boundaries. That's why I ask, but they told me details that these dogs have such a sense of innate feeling, knowledge, love, compassion. They have, these dogs are super bionic, I tell you, with, with love. This is what God brings into people's lives. Animals like this, even an animal that's considered uh, not a seeing eye dog, but an animal for those to, to feel better with. We're calling, you know, healing animals. Animals are healing. But these seeing eye dogs, I found so fascinating that they would not deviate from the norm of their training. If it was a stoplight, they stopped right there at the corner. They told the owner, and the owner knew exactly what to do. Stop. Stop sign. Okay, the light's green. We're going. How they knew the light was green, I did not know. Maybe they saw the flashing of the lights. I don't know how they knew, but they just were like psychic dogs. And well, I, you know, dogs. So, are... No, I mean, so the way the way it the way it works maybe is that so the dog doesn't know about the lights. What the dog does is the dog can visually see a car that's coming. Okay. Right. So. God. God. That's how that's how it really works. So when you see a guide dog team crossing a street the it's it's a team effort you, yes. you give your dog the command to cross but then the dog who is sighted looks and if it's safe to cross they they walk across if it's not safe they there's other things they do they stand in front of you um they don't they're trained to not move is one thing they're trained to do they're trained to do basically 36 different commands um, wow yeah but it's it it is a it is a team effort for 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 sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I I also found out that there are guide dogs for those who have illnesses or seizures. They know a well, person's then, going to have well, a seizure. So then then it may not we wouldn't necessarily use the word guide dog. We would say that's another another service dog that provides service dog. Yeah, right. Because it's not guiding them if they're telling them that they're about to have a seizure. It's the, the those, right. dogs are, those dogs are critical. Yes. 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 But the the um, I find it um incredible, the the bond and and the love the dog has, for the handler, the owner. It's it's a life together, you know, a life together, and they all the people I, I spoke to. Not that I took a poll, but in my memories, and I, I have pretty good memory going back, I always found people to be so in love with the fact that I would respectfully say, may I 
pet your dog and may I ask you about the dog? Because I was, you know, I, I come across very, uh, very uh, I'm, I'm not intrusive, I'm polite, but I'm also um, young at heart, like a child, like asking, could you please tell me about the dog and how you do this? And they feel comfortable knowing I know how to speak to them with respect, but also respect for the dog. But I'm inquisitive because I, I want to learn. I, I, I really want to understand. So I know more because I, I'm, I never stop learning. You know, I, like you just told me about how they cross. For years, I was wondering, how do they know the light turns green? Or red. Now, well, now, now, now you know. Now you know. They, yeah. they don't know. It's about right. the, the dog is, and you know, the dog is visually, you know, they look with their eyes because the dog is sighted, but then the dog also uses their hearing, right? The dog looks mm -hmm. at the environment and can just sort of see when it would be safe, when it would be safe to cross. It's just sort of a common, they just look, they look at the cars around them and kind of make the decision. The dog, the dog doesn't really notice the lights. I, I strung. I, I strongly doubt. I mean, they might. Yeah. They might a little, but I, I strongly doubt that they're aware of colors. In fact, I'm suspicious that they probably are not um, because, you know, uh, uh, dogs don't have, dogs cannot perceive all of the colors that we do, and actually dogs perceive colors that we don't perceive. So, right. So, right. Mm-hmm. The mystery has been solved because nobody answered answered the question for me until now. So thank you so much. Ah, you you are you are welcome. I I would I was I was kind of hoping when all those years of you asking all these kind and wonderful questions that one of them would have told you. <laughs> yeah, but you know I think I think they they might have thought that it was quite obvious I would know. But I, I really didn't know because you know, sometimes so and, and that brings up another good point that a lot of a lot of blind people come off as come across as not really wanting people to ask questions, but I will tell you that I prefer people to ask. Even mm -hmm. if even if I mean in reason. Even if the oh, question sure. You know, I mean, there are certain questions that people Google and people ask just to be mean or just to be silly. But oh, if, yeah. if I if I hear a question, you know, if they say, well, this question might be silly, I would say, well, it might. I think in my mind, well, it might be silly, but let's let you ask it because it might be really helpful. And I might be able to provide you with more knowledge than what you had before you asked the question. So you should never be sure. You should never be shy about that, Cheryl. And listener, in general, you should not be shy to. You should think, oh, if it's a good question to you, it, it might, and it's asked in a in a respectful and kind way. It might, it might be, it might be an appropriate question. And there is, of course, an appropriate time and place. No question there. But most blind people prefer that you ask. I prefer you ask than not. I prefer you know than not know. So, yeah. Exactly. And that, that's a great attitude because uh, the education that I got as an individual by asking on my own, may I ask you these questions and, and striking up a conversation, it's only because I have the, the personality to talk to people all the time. I love to talk. 
make friends and dogs dogs are love in my life but i was really never taught until i got into into school when they brought like the recess or they had the the dog on stage these are guide dogs and they really didn't go into a lot of information about them but as i got older that's when i was learning more but i said i learned more by asking people people questions by making friends with them you know while we were waiting for a plane or while we were in a park or a youngster in new york city going to radio city music hall in freezing freezing snow and i would ask you know your dog does the dog get cold as a child no that's, that's, he has a, well you know. that's, that's a really good question yeah i've always wondered that when my dog nani when she was working i mean we took her to a lot of different biomes i mean she's been to the desert she's been to very cold places and when they're mm. working it doesn't seem to bother them um i think that what it is is dogs are you know they grew up in the wild as wild animals so yeah that that type of thing like oh it's cold oh you know oh or phew it's hot i want to sit down and you know a, a dog doesn't think oh gosh it's so cold i'm gonna have to sit down and have an ice cold beer or coffee a dog yeah a dog doesn't, a, a dog doesn't think that that type of putting human characteristics into an animal that sort of that whole idea animals don't really care about that animals don't perceive it the same way i mean yeah right hot, right and then they want a drink of water they need that but they don't I, I i'm not sure as brilliant and as adorable as nani is i i don't think she has the vocabulary to associate the hotness <laughs> with the word summer and the winter with cold right. she might, i mean who knows she might but i animals don't worry about that they worry about other things but not those types of things so the answer the short answer is no um the dog might think oh, it's a little cold but then they'll also know if they're going into a building they know well when i sit down i'll feel better i'll feel less cold so yeah mm -hmm. yeah because i was a, i was a little i was a little kid and i was just questioning i questioned everything you know um, that is good that is good that is healthy yeah and um i always Somebody always said, well, she always asks so many questions. I said, well, that's how I learn. You know, yeah. that's how I learn. And I had, you know, the, the eyesight problem, which was correct with the glasses, the, the braces, the teeth, you know, and it was sort of just like the, the growing up for me was difficult to begin with, with, right. you know, being so being in a social situation, mm -hmm. having to change uh you know I, I had some situations growing up that uh you know it wasn't easy helping to take care of great grandparents but it, it made me who i am now but i didn't necessarily have an easy upbringing but i learned by asking because nobody was there to tell me people went to work i went to school and they didn't talk about anything like this in school so i had to learn on my own Exactly. You know, being psychic, the same thing. Mm. So basically, as we kind of, believe it or not, as we come into basically the final 12 minutes, um, so just, I, the, I don't know how that happened, but the hour just, just zoomed. Um, no pun intended. Um, no pun intended at all. So Very good, Aaron. Very so, good. 
the um, the other question that I have is so how are you spending your time? You know, today, twenty twenty. You know, you spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, watching YouTube, but really, how how do you how do you use your time today? Well, I do my 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 readings for people if I'm scheduled, and today I had three people scheduled. Um, I do my physical therapy in the morning when I wake up. And, and since the clubhouse is closed, I do exercises, physical therapy exercises in my home and take a nice walk if, it, if the weather is permitting. And today was hot, but in the morning, I'm up at six. I have a little dog of my own, Rocco, and he has special needs. Uh, so he has to get taken care of as well. And I do my walk. I do my meditation, balance my chakras. And when I'm walking outside, I, I say my prayers, my affirmations. And then I have a schedule, a very, very, I would say rigid schedule for today. Errands to run, people to talk to on the phone, people to schedule for readings as they come up. Uh, my interview with you, my interview with uh, someone else this afternoon and preparing for tomorrow's day which is filled with uh, readings and um, meditations and i do look on the youtube when i have some free time and that is enjoyable for me and i listen to music and i make sure i play my piano at least once a day to keep my fingers moving because you know i taught myself how to uh, use my hands again and I play the piano, not as well as I used to, but at least I can still play chopsticks and practice my scales and keep my fingers moving. And that is keeping me uh, getting better and better with my, my hands and stronger and stronger with the fingers. So I am, then I cook dinner. Uh, and of course, we're in a limited source a situation of cooking so but it's helpful for me to know in advance what i'm going to be planning for the meal for the week and uh get the salad ready and uh, sit down and have a nice meal and then get on the computer with you and enjoy our hour together and it's a very satisfying very, well, evening wonderful wonderful so by the way yes. um yeah, I mean, so with the, um, so with, with your readings and things that you do, how do you, how do you find, uh, how do you find people who are interested in being read? Well, uh, I never advertised until YouTube came around. It was always word of mouth, but I've lived over all over the country and internationally, and I've held on to clientele uh, throughout the years. And one person tells another person, and that's how that works. But on the YouTube, I don't ask for readings. I tell them they're available. And on the radio show, I tell them they're available. But they, uh, a lot of them live nearby and can't come to the house. So they would like to talk, and we do it over the phone. I've always done my readings over the phone. And now we have Zoom. You can talk and look at somebody. If you really want to see what I look like, that's fine. Uh, but I usually get it through one person talking about myself to another person, word of mouth. And then 
what's whatever going is going on in that person's life. I've had some clients for for years. I've seen them grow up and get married, or have their own children, uh, or pick up other clientele because I say, "Well, I'm I'm running a special. If you uh, refer me to somebody else, then I'll give you a discount on your next. If we're working on something together, if they're doing a meditation class or uh, working on manifesting." You know, I have several, let's say, four-week classes over the phone to help them with the meditation, with manifestation, and not just the readings. So if you give my name out to somebody, I'll give you, let's say, one complimentary uh, half an hour. And that other person will get a complimentary half an hour because they're new. And that's my introduction about who I am to them. So I, I give away something and I get back something and that's important to me because word of mouth is the best recommendation you could get and I don't even have a website I I, I don't even like that because I don't go by websites I'm, I'm I'm a different type of person for type of readings you know and right. it, sure. I, I have a, a certain protocol about how I go about introducing myself to somebody and answering their questions because they've been grilled so much over the years. I've got it down pat. <laughs> well, well, good. Got it down pat. I've got it down pat. Well, well, great. Yes. Well, great. All right. Um, we have time for one, one more uh, short little story. Who was, if you can summarize it, actually, you probably can't, but who was the most, try. Try, try to summarize a really interesting reading that you were your most interesting reading that, that you did. Maybe summarize it in, my most interesting reading was someone who was um, at a uh, the uh, the World Trade Center a year before it went oh, down. I was at. Wow. Oh, I'm going to tell you, the girl has an autistic son, and I've been reading her for years. And I said to her, "You have to get a different job, and you and your son are going to be moving." I said, "But like within the next three months," and she always really listened to what I had to say. And she was worried about the autistic son. I said, there's going to be a school for the son uh, that you're going to get him into. And she said, yeah, I've been trying to get him in. I said, you're going to move within three months. You're going to see it's all going to work out. And I'm still reading her to this day. And she said, had I not followed you, I wouldn't be here. Neither would my son. I said, well, we were meant to talk to each other. And the son is doing very well. He's had years of uh, special treatment, and they're able to cope as a family, a family of four. And see, and that's, and that's, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you definitely are, you definitely are, are able to, to read people then. That was, that was a, that's, that's really interesting. And that's really inspirational oh, to basically, oh, basically to basically save a family. To know that oh. your, to know that your conversation with that person made it possible. Just in, as we were saying last night, just in the universe and the greater scheme of things, to make it sadly and yes. darkly possible for her not to be in that building on that day. Correct. Just, and that's that's really. I mean, that's 
and then that's I really that's really interesting and really when you think about it really fascinating incredibly saddening and incredibly motivational all, all at once really is. yes really and is. that would be the one reading that i could actually pick out of a hat to make sure you know the impact that i have on people and the impact that they have on with me all together to relate to this audience Really, 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 really incredible. Well, um, basically, uh, we have we're coming up on basically three, three and a half minutes um, towards the end of this. Um, any, any final, basically final uh, statements? I'm sure you'll be back. Uh, in oh, future. I would love to be back, and I, I, certainly, I am so happy that you would love to have me back. And you um, can certainly, you can certainly come back. I would. I would like, um, I, I would like to have this content posted to, to have these episodes uploaded. I, I think, and I hope that, they, that we would get some interesting feedback, especially you oh, know, yes. from, la from last night and then tonight, ending with that fascinating story um, oh, yes. and, and stuff Thank like you. and stuff like that. So, that I just I just have to ask because I mean I it can't. Again, it just boggles my mind. It boggles my mind so much that, to to a degree, I have to believe it's true. I have to believe that sometimes there's got to be. Sometimes God sets people up to meet other people to accomplish certain missions. I'm I'm yes. kind of, that that story you told yes. where that woman with the autistic son met you, and then because of that, her whole family was saved. That, that mm -hmm. that's clearly there's some something else is going on about, about and i was reading her only at the at the american express christmas party at the winter garden uh there down by the trade center they had it every christmas time wow. and Oof. and it was a, a complimentary reading and it was always like okay i got this lineup of people and I would remember everybody and the, everything that was going on in their lives. And if they called me during the year, that was great. But if they, they got me at the Christmas party, then I could carry on where we left off and I never forgot. And it was, you know, how's, how's X, X, Y, Z doing? Uh, really? Really, just, you, really? You, you, I remember someone, everybody. Wait, so wait a minute. You met someone named X, Y, Z? Yeah, there was a, well, yeah, X, Y, Z. <laughs> X, Y, Z. I don't know how uh, it was, you know, I think, I think. Um, I, I, had, I had, to, I had, Tesla is. <laughs> I, 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 I had, I had to kind of, I had to kind of lighten the mood there. I kind of had to shake. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just the way you, you, uh, people and, and, and other people are meant to uh, meet up for reasons and when when you realize that fact yeah. and you see that fact that there's something going on here there's no coincidence it's you know that there's a higher power without, working without doubt i i i, I have to ask did, did you ever yes. figure out from that woman with the autistic per did you ever figure out what floor she was working on um in american express they were on building seven so she was on the sixth floor I see. That that right. building was was not knocked down by, um, the, right. you know. Well, it was, fascinating. Well, this was so you know basically that was fascinating and inspirational and incredibly saddening, um, and 
really, really interesting. Uh, so basically, this was another exciting uh, episode of Aaron's Opinion. As fabulous, I like fabulous. Hey, this is Faith Evans. Hey, yo, man, what's poppin', man? It's your boy, Bow Wow, man. Check it out right now. Y'all know what time it is. Your number one for variety. We are 87.1 Caroline Radio. You're listening to KCGN. Bakersfield, your home for all your variety hits, just like the Aaron's Opinion podcast. Welcome back, listener. How are you? I'm glad you're doing well, and I am glad you had a good week. So tonight we are joined by someone who has expressed a lot of interest. She was even one of the first people, if not the first person, to comment uh, on my um, podcast on Spreaker. And this is someone who has done a lot of podcasting herself. She's done, she has done a lot of work during her life. And this evening, she would like to tell us about some interesting life experiences that she has or that she has had. And her name is Cheryl Rose. Cheryl, welcome to Aaron's Opinion. Let's get going with your experiences. How are you? Well, thank you so very much for having me on your Spreaker podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you and your wonderful audience. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, express what has happened uh, to me in my life and to let others know uh, if they know me from Let's Talk, Cheryl Rose on Spreaker. That's how I met you, through the Spreaker community. And... uh, Karma has a wonderful way of working itself out. And uh, yes, it, it I, does. It does indeed. And, and I, I believe in karma myself. And I allow, I, 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 am a, I am a believer thereof in karma. And I have seen the effects of doing the right thing. And I've also seen the effects of doing the wrong thing. And I attribute both to karma. So go right, go right ahead. Yes. Well, I was born uh, clairvoyant, psychic. I have uh, what's known as just an an innate uh, sixth sense that I was born with, which means my my brain is basically a little bit more opened up to uh, speaking and knowing and feeling and hearing more ethereal than most people. So as a young child, I... uh, found this out by speaking to my parents and other relatives who had a little bit more knowledge than I, that I was closer to spirit and the spirit world than others. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, throughout my lifetime, I developed and worked on myself, my skills, my ability to speak, uh, to the other side, to spirits, to what you would consider angels. And I have helped others. That is my goal to use my ability, uh, which I have been knocked down for uh, over my lifetime. And that's okay. I, I expect it from, you know, a certain amount of hecklers because they don't understand what being psychic, clairvoyant, clairsentient is and what it means to be able to help another person but also going through uh, being 
heckled or looked upon as a person that is a little different than others. Okay, I'm going to use the word different uh, because I like to go on the more positive side because uh, different people scare other people who aren't different, see? Uh, but what happened to me uh, throughout my life after helping so many people, I continually talk, talk, talk about overcoming the odds no matter what the spirit world does help me help other people overcome serious situations uh, uh, abuse uh, divorce people who are panicking scared uh, I'm not a therapist but I can lead them to one if they need one well I always spoke about being able to talk to spirit uh, be with spirit and I'm on the other side more than other people would actually realize going out of body reading others you just go out of body when you channel. Well, I had an epidural injection, which is something that I've been going to have uh, over the years because I have a handicap situation with my back and uh, spinal stenosis and a little bit more uh, things <laughs> that are very painful. And epidural injections relieve the pain temporarily. And I always have my... Uh, period of being very afraid and panicking so I go for anesthesia it's a 15 minute session and then five day recovery well this time I went in same doctors same room eight years three times a year and I was given anesthesia instead of 15 milligrams which is my milligram strength i was given 50 five zero and that is an overdose that is a lethal overdose of anesthesia on a person who weighs 135 pounds that's for uh, a person who's six foot maybe 300 pounds to put them out temporarily i died immediately and my situation is to tell you that when i passed I did not float over my body like some people say when they have come back from out-of-body experiences. This wasn't out-of-body. This was on the other side in my heavenly abode. And a lot of people are afraid of dying. I'm not. And I can tell you this. I felt no pain in, in passing away. I was completely ushered into a beautiful space and time which is the fifth dimension okay we are in the 3d the 5d is where we go as spirit showed me when we pass and i was filled with the most the most love that i can explain to you love and embrace that i look forward to another day when it's my time to go again but i was there for quite some time because i was dead on that operating table and they were trying to revive me for a very long time oxygen to the brain was depleted and the anesthesia is a poison with this overdose i did not feel that i was on the other side with my grandmother she was wearing a beautiful pink outfit my dogs i've had dogs all my life they were all there and there are spirit guides that I met, what I would consider to be angels, some with wings, some without. 
but the conversation was all about welcoming me home, loving me, love, love, loving me, and how wonderful this experience was, and others who had passed before me, who I have been very close with, started to come into view. I heard angels singing, singing so loud, but I could not see them. I could just hear them. It was in the background, but it was loud. And I had conversations telepathically. And that is how we speak when we are going to do a psychic reading. Telepathic uh, work is the way that uh, we are going to be able to talk to one another if we try to meditate and do it uh, without being in the heavenly abode. Okay, we use our third eye. That's the, the chakra, the third eye chakra. That's how I was spoken to in the heavenly abode. But I was sent back. The message, which the book that I am writing is called Messages, and it will have many, many chapters. The message from what I would consider to be my maker, and many people have different names for that and connotations for that. I will say it was uh, feminine and masculine. It resonated both feminine and masculine. I saw, felt, and heard as I was having a beautiful conversation in a beautiful meadow, beautiful trees that I have never seen before, colors of mountains and the sky that I have never seen before. This is what I've been promised, but I was not to be welcomed there much more because it wasn't my time. My time was to come back with instructions as I was crying, no, I don't want to leave. I was begging them, no, I don't want to leave. No, you have to, your contract is not finished. You have to go back. And the message is, besides talking about God and how we're getting back to God now, right? Here we are, COVID-19. Uh, but to let people know that passing away is not to be feared. Passing away is not to be a scary thing for those who are left behind while another one passes on. They pass on swiftly, without pain, without looking back, with the embrace and the love of God and all of his minions and those other relatives and friends and, and animals and love that you cannot even describe. There's no, there's no words, Aaron, that I can describe for the love that I felt. But when I was told I couldn't stay, I turned into a crying, what I would consider a crying individual. I had no body. I didn't see a body of mine. I couldn't see anything of mine. I just knew I was speaking telepathically and saying, no, I don't want to go. And they said, you have to go, but you're going to be back. You have work to do. And as a psychic clairvoyant who devoted their lives to uh, the arts, medicine, and helping others through my work, I have come back to say, sharing the love that I have been told to share is a privilege to be on your show, Aaron a privilege that you can bring this to others because I have started last year my YouTube channel because when I came back, 
from being revived. You know, I came back because they revived me somehow. Wow, this is some some trip, you know, in heaven and come back to hell again. No way. Well, I was paralyzed. That propofil poisoned me and I was brought home paralyzed. And no one really cared. Well, after not accepting what I had in front of me to face, to feel nothing, not to be able to speak or get my point across of hear, see nothing, feel nothing. I said, God, you sent me back for this. And then I remembered, okay, my mind is starting to come back. I said, my messages have to get out, but I'm not staying like this. No way. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I always told people we have been created to heal ourselves. We have the capability to heal ourselves if we want to. We have been created that way. And I, <clears throat> in six months, healed myself. And I think that'll be for another show. But I told myself, God, I give it up to you. And I forgive the people who did this to me. Those two feelings, thoughts, words, expressions were very difficult to do, but they were key in me being able to overcome and be on this show right now with us today, all these beautiful people and those who are going to call you in. Because I gave it up to God, it's yours to take, and I know you're going to help me heal, and I forgive the idiots who did this to me. I had to do that. I could not hold malice or hate. It's not part of my makeup. But when you're sitting there like that, sometimes, you know, you can go into the other, the dwellings of the netherworld. But I healed myself and I came back slowly, but I got myself onto YouTube in six months. And the doctors could not understand how I did it. But YouTube was my vehicle to start talking to people about myself and about what has happened to me and how to overcome adversity, how to overcome being bullied, being called names, how to overcome any odd you have by what I talk about, manifesting, changing the words from negative to positive, wanting to become a better person, yes, you can, and the techniques, how. I also do psychic readings for people. Some people want card readings. Some people want other type of readings. I also do spiritual uh, guided meditation over the phone. Um, it's very, very easy to do that. And people go into another place and they set a goal for themselves. But my goal was met when I started doing YouTube and I could not understand YouTube. My brain was not completely where it should be. And it's still healing. I am not completely healed 100%. I'll take 90, but I'm going to continue trying. But as a person with handicapped situations before this episode and handicapped situations after this episode, I face even more adversity and scrutiny by others. 
And that's okay because scared people who don't understand what others have within them do this. They heckle or they pick bully or put them in a corner to make them feel different. That's narcissist behavior. So we want to stay away from narcissists. You know, if they don't understand, go go look on Wikipedia or go talk to somebody that can help you or maybe go to a 12-step program. Maybe they can help you. But person like myself will tell you that's very nice, that's your opinion, but it doesn't work that way. Because if you want to go to the fifth dimension, and I'm not talking about the group, the fifth dimension and higher, you can't be bullying people or picking on people because that's negative. You have to change yourself. And if you're a narcissist, that's something that can't be changed. Um, I do believe people who have uh, situations of uh, uncontrollable healing, incontrollable, uncontrollable, I don't know what the right word is, uh, or uh, they can only get to a certain point. I say no. There's no there's no ceiling here on uh, your ability to overcome. You're setting a ceiling and then you're going to stop trying to overcome the odds. No. You're stronger than that, I tell them. Set a goal that you can do better in something or you can feel a certain way. There's people who call up and say, what was it like to be another? Well, it's beautiful there. It's beautiful. People are not supposed to feel like dying is a horrible thing. And, and oh, my God, what's going to happen to me when I die? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. He's there. He's going to welcome you. And a lot of other people are going to welcome you. It's a beautiful place. A lot of people don't believe me because they think that propofil was doing something to me. No. I was flatlined, which means there's no pulse. There's nothing. I had a two heart attacks. I had a temporal frontal lobe seizure. Uh, the seizure was so bad it cracked a crown in my my mouth, okay, which I was choking on as I woke up. Uh, unfortunately, nobody saw that either. And the seizures uh, showed in the uh, scan with the brain. There's several tests you can have done at the hospital for the brain to see what happened and to see with cardiology what happened when you were on that table. Definitely heart attack and definitely frontal lobe seizure. And some eyesight situations I have not been able to overcome as of yet. And uh, sometimes it's difficult for me to see or react uh, quickly. I am healing. I'm still going to heal. I have a long way. But I can't have epidurals anymore because I don't trust these guys and I'm not going to get these needles because they said, you know, I'm healed. I can stand and walk. I'm in pain. Yes. But it could have been a lot worse if I didn't decide to give it up to God and didn't decide to forgive the doctors and the nurses and the ones who took all my paperwork and changed it around. You know, that's that's their karma, Aaron. And you and I both know what karma can do. There's a boomerang that's going to come back around and say, this is your present or this is your, you know, 
this is your reward for being a bad girl or boy. But uh, you must love yourself enough to know that you are worthy enough to be in this world to become the best person you possibly can be. And that might take time and it's a lifetime. We are here on a journey. The journey is the experience. The experience says the learning experiences, whether they be good, bad, or indifferent, and the people we come in contact with. And we grow. We grow and grow, but we can heal and we can go on. But at the end of the road, we're going to a beautiful place that is saved for us, that will be. You're not going to have to see your ex-husband or wife. You're not going to have to see an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or the teacher that was mean to you in third grade. People ask those questions. They go to another place. We go, well, I know I do, and I know you will, go to the place of love. I am here for a, a certain job. God sent me back with certain abilities to help other people. And that's what I've been doing all my life since I was a kid with uncanny experiences that have happened over my lifetime. Uh, the message is to get the message out. There is a God. You have to cling to your faith. And now here we are, COVID-19, six months after I started making YouTube, telling people you have to have faith. You have to be prepared for 2020. It's going to be a year of transition. And it's going to be a year where you must know that if you don't love yourself and be kind to others you're going to have some troubles here and now we see what has happened god has been calling hey guys look what's going on i didn't create covid19 it was invented by somebody god gave us free will why did it happen cheryl free will guys god gave you free will to do what you want and then it's up to you to find him, whatever faith you are clinging to or wanting to believe in, it's up to you. I have no qualms with anything. Those who have no belief, I feel pity for them. And I hope they find something real soon because uh, this COVID-19 is no joke. And now we have the riots and all. But getting back to the topic, is there anything you'd like to ask me, Aaron, about my experience there? that I haven't already expressed? Well, first of all, you're, you're doing a magnificent, magnificent job. There, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that, that, that was, that was what, that was what our, our listeners and any listener to an amazing podcast of the world would want to know that type of that type of material really takes it really takes it to the next level or or the next dimension as as you would say um well uh holy moly ooh la la where to begin um you said so yeah i mean i kind of want to ask when you sure. were on the, when you were on the other side um by the way, let me t let me let me start by telling you why why I believe I I believe you because everybody you. everybody everybody else who has this experience and of of crossing over 
expresses it in the same way. Um, <clears throat> another way, the way that I, you know, I, I have, I have never, I have never had this experience, but the way that I would, or the way that it seems to be being described or the way that you're portraying it is that when you, when you cross, you basically are gripped with this overwhelming sense of love and safety. And that, yes. is, and that is what everybody else is saying. When you said love, I thought back, I'm sure you love the story, the movie and the book, Miracle, um, A Miracle from Heaven. Oh, um, yes. yes. And when you said love, that's, and then you described it just like the little girl in, in that book. You described it the same way. You're gripped with love and, and you feel safe. You feel love. And then your experience is beauty. You see beautiful things. Do you, and this is, of course, an odd question. Um, so you physically saw your relatives. You saw other people. But do you, like, physically feel anything in the environment? Or is this place where we go, is it more of, like, a visual experience? Is it more visual or are there like things that you also physically feel? What do you think? I think it's, it's all, all encompassing, not only visual. So you you do physically, you do have a physical sense of feeling like you feel like wind and they, there's wind there and an environment. So it is like an environment. Yes. And, and uh, I was able to touch the spirits, the angels. I was able to, to grip their hands as so, I didn't want to. And what did it? What did it? So what did it like? What did it feel like? Does it? Does well, it just feel like? Does it just feel like you're being loved and and cared for, or does yes. it physically feel like someone else is like holding on to you? If, there, if that makes not sense. A, yes, it, does, it makes it makes perfect sense, and that's an excellent question because that's very very important to know you're not being gripped and, and, and held onto as though, you know, they won't let you go. It's a, it's a soft love touch where when you, when I touched the hands and there are hands of, of, of the spirits and the angels, I felt the, felt them, but I could not tell you what they feel like, like right. a pencil in my hand or holding another person's hand it was almost a glowing um energy that mm. i felt and entered right and an overwhelming sense of love and resolution yes yeah and, and with my relatives they were in they were standing there in the background they did not approach me uh, i guess i wasn't there long enough i i was wanting to go but they stood not at attention, but they stood with smiles on their faces. Welcoming you. Indeed. Welcome. Well, the next yes. question, though, so the next question is, could you, um, whoops, could you have, whoops, I accidentally touched the clock. Could you have, um, what, could you have, like, I guess when you were there, did you feel like you were physically capable of, like, moving about the heaven? Yeah. Yes, and moved about quite a bit. So, I took so, a nice. But, but you're saying so. So j- j- just just to express it, you're saying that when you were there, when you were in heaven, you felt like you were physically capable of making the choice to like walk around or like interact with the environment, basically. Yes. Yes. And beautiful. beautiful. Uh, and with the greeting, um, there was there was uh, an, the abundance of of greeters. I'll call them greeters, the, the collective, the collective love. And then 
when I started speaking with what I would call my maker, I don't want to define it because people will hold me to a name and then we'll lose the, we'll lose the feeling here. Um, keep it open-minded, you know, uh, the creator and I, we took a nice walk together. I was barefoot. I actually saw bare feet on grass that I was walking and I was small. I was a small child. I was uh, with what I li consider a life, life review, a life review. Right. And I was starting to go down that path mm. and remembering, and we were speaking and talking about many, many things. And it was like, and I, and I, and I have, I, and of course I have to be nosy. Uh, like, mm. what? like what, like, what do you talk about up there? What do you well, talk about up there? You're here, you're here, you're here because I love you. And mm. yes, you did okay, so, that, so, that, so that's, okay, so that's critical. So first of all, the first thing, uh, and, and I have, I can say it. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with saying God. So the first thing that God said is, but but that, but this is this is a this is a massive massive statement here. You're here yeah. because you're here because I love you, which means, spiritually speaking, that people are put onto the earth because they are loved. Correct. And the reason why we are here, I was told over and over, the reason we are here on earth is to love one another, to become loved, to know love to share love, to love. That is the message. So many messages to tell, to love. And my job, each person comes back with a job. You can choose to come back. You can choose not to come back. It's between you and God. Sure, when you're sure, up there, sure. I say up there because pe people use that word, oh, we're up there. It's actually another level that's a dimension in front of your face. But Right, right. Of course, know. of course. Ladies and gentlemen, my name's Aaron Richmond. This is the Aaron's Opinion Podcast on KCGN, Caroline Radio, Blind Advocate Radio. We're talking to Cheryl Rose. This is definitely interesting. We'll be right back. You're number one for variety. We, 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 we are 87.1 Caroline Radio. How are you? We are joined with Cheryl Rose, who was uh, telling us some life lessons and basically her life story crossing over and some of the things that she learned basically from heaven, in heaven. Um, you said you said something that that really really caught my attention and you used one word mm. one word that made me want to ask something else mm -hmm. and that one of the things that either one of the angels or one of the or maybe god told you is no no cheryl it's not your time basically paraphrasing here no it's not your time your contract's not up yet Right. And one of the one of the videos that I have stumbled across, I'm not sure how I stumbled across it. One of the videos I stumbled across is a video on YouTube called The Three Things uh, That We Agreed to before we were born. So basically, mm -hmm. basically you probably have seen the video. I'm guessing You've seen no, it. I actually I haven't, Darren. I, I, I humbly admit I have not. <laughs> well, 
well, basically, um, it's a uh, it's a video that is put together by um, I don't really know what his name is, uh, but some it's basically some person who is also interested in this these types of spiritual journeys, and they um, they've had a lot of experiences apparently, and they basically put together a video which states that basically what basically that that confirms every that confirm what what you say listener at home if if you don't believe if, if you can't believe this after listening to this information then i don't then i don't know the video basically says that the research has proven or something like that that before we're born our spirits are in heaven you you you've been there and came back so you're you're we already have established that and that the spirits are um in heaven and when it is your time to to be pushed down basically to be to enter life here on earth um basically the angels have a conversation with you and there are three th and there are different things that you agree to it, it's mm -hmm. very 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 complicated and it gets it really throws us way off course and I, I don't I don't actually yeah. remember I don't remember how to express all three of the things, but basically the overall the overarching idea in the video is that what you agree to in your life is uh, that you you agree that your life has a purpose and a mission. So basically yes. then and that you you agree your understanding is is that if we push you down, if we give you this chance on earth, um, you will you will be required then to carry out the mission to which you humbly accept and that you 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 have to basically complete your life mission and that's the circle of life the beauty the beauty of love the beauty of life and yes. um and that's that's basically the way it works so then this whole notion you know hundreds of years ago i love history cheryl and hundreds of years oh, ago, yes people really loved and people really believed the concept of manifest destiny and basically this whole notion of when we're born everything that will happen it happens for a reason and that we really don't have control so to what do you believe and to what you know what say you to manifest destiny when um when do we have control and how do we how do we navigate that do you think there you go excellent question and this this really needs to be addressed because people are fearful of this because they don't want to die. This is why they are afraid to die, but, to come but back they, but and do see, this again. But you see, I'm, I, I am just as sure that at some point, yes. 50, 70, 90 years from now, who knows, I'm, I'm just as sure that I will die as it is that I will pay taxes. So I'm not afraid of either one. Exactly. Those are the two things that we know are going to happen. And horseshoes and hand grenades are close, but don't cut the cigar. However, you know, <laughs> you can get close for the, the taxes and deaths, you know, right off the bat, Aaron, boom, boom, boom. Hey, you're born, you know, you got a tax ID number of social security. <laughs> here's your, your mom and dad. Here for delivery. the kid. You're, 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 you're over you for the next 60 years. And if you start early, watch out. However, um, this lifetime, we talked about karma and, and, and all, just to bring that back into play. Uh, 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 I think that um, we confer with God when we're there in, in, in our heavenly abode, and we agree to come back to serve this planet, this, this, these people on this planet in a capacity of love, but for certain reasons, and those reasons could be 
first of all, to, to fix the karma that you have to go back and take care of because you have to learn from some situations or maybe you didn't finish up a relationship and it needs to be finished up, uh, meaning you need to go back and patch things up in a certain way and you come back and you just you have a job to do and those jobs are to learn again to grow again even even deeper and 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 see feel learn the experiences because you might not have completed those tasks in the first lifetime hundreds of years ago they believed that oh you came back to do a certain duty and that's that duty and that's it and you became a whatever no we grow as you see in this particular uh, stage of life that we're in we grow into many many different levels of uh, self-awareness self-love uh, situations that are controlled uncontrolled and we have the abilities now, the capabilities to help one another. For instance, I came back to help ease and understand and feel and be a sounding board, a helping board, a person who will devote themselves as, as best they possibly can to help people understand. You come back with certain, let's say, contracts, that God and you decide are going to be good. He might, I don't know how you're going to talk to God when you're there and what you might want, uh, what family you're going to come from. You might not want that same father again or that mother again or that sister or brother or, you know, you don't want to be that same individual again. You might choose or be asked to do something for the Lord. And I do believe I was given the job, the contract, to keep coming back and coming back and coming back as an individual who's psychic because the level I'm reading at is a level that most people who are capable of psychic ability, clairvoyance, don't start out the way I did and don't have a level that I have not to be pompous. Uh, not I, I am a humble individual, but when I started my readings, it was all past life stuff that I knew I was doing from having to come back so many times and, and do this all over again. You know, my gosh, it's, it's sometimes it's torturous. I say, I came back again and again. Yep. And I'll do it again until so, I finally. And, what, and what's your, what you're basically alluding to, I think mm -hmm. is, which then of course leads to more questions, which then of course leads to more learning, which is, I guess, one of the meanings. Yes. Of I yes. suppose then I suppose then that you feel that your spirit has basically reincarnated probably several times. I I would I would go more than that. I, I don't want to say a number because I don't have an ex I don't have a, a proof. I don't have physical proof of it. I have mental proof, but I know I've been back so many times. Uh it's 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 uncanny and um uh, just to let people know on on my YouTube channel, which is Cheryl Rose Spirit Guidance, and my Spreaker Radio Let's Talk with Cheryl Rose, which I upload, uh, I I talk about getting better, helping overcoming the odds. 
I don't necessarily talk about the messages here uh, because I haven't been given the opportunity as of yet. You have uh, given me the platform and I thank you again for that because I have not been able to get this out without hmm. Hmm. Uh, freedom of being able. Oh, you, you have, you, that, it's, it's interesting in the comment about that. You have all the freedom in the world, Cheryl, to go onto your YouTube channel and you can, you can basically say, I mean, there's, there are, okay. I mean, there are some cases where certain videos are taken down unfairly as we go through time, but you know, for the most part, I found that there's a lot of videos about spiritual guidance. So I think on YouTube, I think it is okay uh, for you to talk about these experiences that you've had, basically provided though that you mark your content as basically explicit and for yes. adults and for adults only. I think if you do that and and do not allow children to access your content, because obviously this would scare a child. Oh um, sure. Uh, you know I was I was then, scared as a child when I saw Wizard of Oz. It, I, I was scared until adulthood. Yeah, that's and I, I was telling one of my students uh, about that movie that that's a whole nother podcast that's a whole nother episode the speaking, mm. of, speaking of disturbing story that that whole story has a lot of life lessons a lot of incredibly disturbing and inappropriate things in that but um yeah i mean sure well i think if you mark your content as uh basically uh not made for children uh right there in the youtube studio um it should not be a problem they should they in in my opinion or at least in aaron's opinion I cannot fathom how YouTube would have a problem with you uploading um, content where you talk in, in such an eloquent and beautiful and respectful way about what happened. Obviously, if someone, well, thank you. obviously if someone, now, I mean, if someone gets onto YouTube and starts saying, you know, kind of bombastic, kind of uh, belligerent things about heaven or says things that are just sort of outlandish and, and, and silly, simply to get attention. I think those videos are very obvious and those videos perhaps in my opinion do not always belong. But the way right. that you but the way that you express heaven and the way that you walk through the story was so respectful and kind and accurate to by the way what everybody else says that it's a thousand percent believable. And I, I I'm not I'm Thank not you. doubting I'm not doubting I'm not doubting any of I'm not doubting any of it. The, the question I, I, I do have is, so then, um, I guess, back to heaven when you were there, um, mm -hmm. did, you, did you happen to ask God this question? Did you happen to say, God, um, did you tell those doctors to give me too much uh, medication so I could come talk to you? I love you, Aaron. That is so cool. Because I wish I did. I wish I did, but I didn't. Because that I, would have been, that would have been, I can't. I thanked really, him. It's, it's, I thanked him for getting me there. I thanked so, him for I mean, So then you kind of, you kind of brought it up though, by saying thank you, you kind of acknowledged the fact that a mistake occurred. But see, I would say, I would, I would guess, and I would guess that it's entirely possible that God set that day up for you. Just oh that. yes, amen. So that, can, that I, was probably what I'm saying though is that was probably programmed. That was probably yes. set up. So I, I don't think by the, even if they had wanted to give you the right amount of, of uh, uh, medication, um, 
I think you were going to take a trip. I think you were going up yeah. there that day. I, I don't think there was anywhere, any way of dodging God on that one. I think, exactly. I think, and you, basically, you I, know, think, I think you needed, I think you needed to have a talk. I think you needed at that moment in your, in your spiritual journey, you, they needed to push the stop and they needed to have a talk with you. And I think that uh, that's what it means. Exactly. And you know, you're, you're so accurate because you are so on target with what I'm saying. And I am so grateful because this platform on your show, uh, when I'm on Let's Talk Cheryl Rose or the YouTube, I'm not speaking this way because the right. platform here is, is completely um, open and, 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 and questioned. And as I started my YouTube show, I said, you know something, these people are not ready yet. They have to get prepared prepared for 2020, uh, I did talk about how I healed myself in my journey. And it really wasn't, you know, nobody really, not that they didn't care, people listened, but uh, the platform wasn't correct yet. And I think God had that set up too. I think God set up this whole thing, how I met you, Uncanny, answering a speaker's question uh, for you. You know, that's how I met you uh, through uh, almost by accident. So, I mean, and, and it makes me and it makes me wonder more and more. And it gives me great, great peace, I guess, to know that perhaps maybe there are parts of our spiritual journey that are that are going to happen regardless of what we do, meaning maybe sometimes we are taking the wheel, but sometimes I'm starting to believe more and more that certain other things occur that are completely yes. out of our control and are and are kind of built into our spiritual journey. I'm I'm fairly yes. I'm fairly convinced fairly convinced of that. Um, yeah. If if I can just interject when you say Me that too. Me um, too. Um, um balancing of the chakras, the the energy points uh, in our bodies, root chakra, sacral chakra, third eye, heart chakra, crown, all those energy points I balance through a meditation on a daily basis, whether it's a five minute meditation or a half an hour one, because I have to keep myself, and this is how we help ourselves go through the journey in the most positive way, balancing our energy points. And sometimes those energy points need help because the inner child is still hurt and we have to work on ourselves in a certain manner that I could discuss later on. Uh, but we must meditate, uh, pray in any way possible, cling, cling to your faith, but know that each day is going to be met with the greatest of love because whether or not it's raining, snowing, sleeting, or sunny outside, God's there loving you. Your angels love you. Spirit guides love you. Uh, people in heaven love you. Um, there's nothing up there but love. People ask, well, is my mom okay? Is she all right? Of course, yes. You know, some people I can't reach because they have the life review. You know, that could take some time. They must go through certain, I don't know. Each person's life review is different. Mine was very quick. Hurry up and get the heck back there because you have to help people. But it would have been nice to have a heads up, God, to know that you're going to come back paralyzed. He was, he was, testing me to see if I came back for this particular job to complete my contract and talk about what I'm talking about. It's not afraid. 
don't be afraid to die. And when you do, it's a beautiful experience. And here's the here's the details. And he came back paralyzed. God's really testing me. I had to give it up to him. And I knew I had to forgive the doctors. How hard is that? You know, I said, man, it's like, you know, yeah, and I think, and I think also, and I think also too, the lesson, I mean, you could think you could spend a lifetime trying to analyze that in all of the different lessons. But one of them is the ability to forgive. That is, mm -hmm. that is another, forgive. another lesson. That's the, the opening, giving it up to God, because he's got control. When you have such pain, such anguish, and some of the people I've heard on your show have such hurt hurtful times going on in their lives yeah, and I, yeah. I, I especially for... especially recent you know recently i've had yes um i mean i've had i've had people with who have been abused i've had yes. i've had even people yeah did, did you listen to that one do you know which one i'm talking about i certainly did and my prayers my prayers and my healing thoughts Continue for those people because they need well, they let, need it. I'll let him know. Yeah, he's he's doing great. Yeah, he's in our that person from from Shook. Yeah, that was that uh -huh. was, that. Yeah, that was. Uh, but your recording has has surpassed. Has has you did this is this is the first time. Um, actually, the first time I've talked about heaven on this show. So this is another another fascinating and a really hopefully for the listener a really a really comforting thing to know hopefully and a really interesting oh, thing and then hope and then my hope is that maybe people will in a sense start to maybe get get things together and think about what really matters in their lives i i think is yes is without, and, that, and that that is so poignant and and, and you you yeah. put it so eloquently and you've well, you, you. you've spoken well, you've spoken about it in a way that makes the average everyday person who's not you don't have to be college educated or uh, Harvard degree to understand what you just said. Well, you I, I don't. Well, good. Well, beautifully. Good. Well, th well, thank you. And for the record, a good. I'm glad that they can understand because I can understand because I don't have a Harvard degree. So good. And, and, and you know something, I don't, you know what, I, I don't, I don't want it. My Harvard degree happened up in heaven coming back. And then I got a, I got a Princeton degree when I was in bed paralyzed. <laughs> then, that's fair. You, that's that's. You know what? You know what? I think, I I think you can tell people that. I think that's fair. I think you should have a PhD because oh, you know what? You know what? If you you. Go, because you know what? I think I, I think I think if God pulls you up for a conversation, I think that's that's just as that's just as challenging as a PhD. So I think yeah, you can have a PhD. He's a cool guy. <laughs> he's cool, and I talk to him. And just like yeah. I'm talking to you, I said, really? I, I said, you I, I, really I, I have to. I have to. I have to ask. Yes. Um, so was it a person like a physical, did he take the form of a physical person when he was talking to you? Yes. He that's, took the form of. Okay. That's on you. Okay. Now that's unusual because right. usually when God talks to people, when he has a conversation, he just uses his voice. It's just a voice in our heart. That's very unusual that he physically took the, took a physical image of a person. Yes. And it's not Charleston Heston with the Ten Commandments oh, with okay, the big so, hair blowing. So what did so so what did so what did he look like? Believe it or not, youthful. 
He didn't what? look like the, he's youthful. He did not appear to me as a fearful looking individual, like fear of the Lord, God, no. He was very peaceful looking, loving. He did not have long hair or short hair. It was medium and it was not styled in any particular fashion. <laughs> and he was not in a robe with, with, with a tassel and, and slippers. He was barefoot with me and he had he had feet he had hands he had a face he had a jawline that was peaceful and loving looking if i could describe a cherub almost like a cherub type face hmm. um ears nose mouth the whole bit hands and and, and a voice that resonated both male and female, high and low, if I could say that, alto and bass. So it it was very noticeable that I was talking to him because of that. Mm. Command, it was a commanding voice when he said, it's time to go back, but you're going to come back here. Do not worry. I love you. But he talked to me as though, as though he was maybe was, 30 was, years old. So I was, it seems old. like it was a, basically it seemed like it was a, a kind voice, a kind and strong yes. presence kind of thing. Very, very strong presence. It was commanding when I did not want to leave and go back. It was it was commanding when he, he said, with, with love, I love you. You will have to go back and finish your contract. You know what you have to say. Talk about me and talk about heaven. And it's not scary. That's what you have to do and you continue helping people i love you but when he said beautiful, that beautiful i was, uh, yeah, I was pulled back, you know, I, back basically back. after right after he said that to you then basically the next thing you know is you're just sort of back on earth you just kind of woke up i was pulled through a vortex which i did not want to go through holding and grasping the hands of those greeters the, the angels the the cherubs the spirit guides and they just kept saying it's okay we love you we're here we love you you'll be back as though it was going to be tomorrow that's how time is timeless and i didn't want to come sense? back that's yeah yeah do you have any sense and let me see because there is an answer that most people give do you have any sense of the time of day was there any sense of time of day was it morning afternoon evening there it was no time of day. It was just daylight. But there was, was light. Oh, yes. It was beautiful sunlight, beautiful breeze. If I had to say a temperature, I couldn't tell you a temperature. Um, but it was not raining or snowing. It was beautiful sun, beautiful trees, beautiful water, lakes, mountains, just the grass, the color of the grass, intense green comfortable to walk on it was paradise to me and i was experiencing it and i did not want to leave i was grateful to be there i did not think about anything else other than being so happy to be there and i had no idea i was going to have the switcheroo pulled on me to come back I never and that's whatever that's what everybody says too is that the, I didn't I look back and I say, you know yeah. what? I didn't care about you guys back here. <laughs> but now that I'm here, yeah, of course I care. But when I was there, uh I was in, 
in my greeting stage. I didn't finish being greeted. I was pulled back by the doctors. They revived me. And they, I got back here with the knowledge from that beautiful creator of mine to come back and say what I had to say, but I had to go through my own personal hell of healing, which was a very, very painful and difficult sure, time. I, sure, I crawled, sure. I crawled. Well, you know, this is, this, is, this is what, I mean, this is really immensely fascinating, you know, really great. Utterly, this has been an utterly, <laughs> mag utterly magnificent Oh, I'm so happy. And you know, Aaron, I think I think that you are being given a, 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 a direction to go in uh, as well. Um, I agree, I, because you know what? I'm pretty sure that for some reason, mm -hmm, God, mm -hmm. God wanted me to relay this message right now to people for some reason. Yes, we, yes. Because it, is kind of, because it is kind of weird to talk about it. It's kind of an unusual thing. So when we talk about it, it must mean that we need to talk about it for some other reason to maybe help one other person on the planet. Maybe. Exactly. So I, I, do, I do think it's interesting that maybe tonight was a night where maybe someone, when this will be aired, I think someone in the world will need to hear this particular this particular information so I think let me just, so. let me just basically let me let me just basically kind of we gotta we gotta slow down the momentum here and let, and let me let you know that we are we have about two minutes um and well let me I may give my number so they can reach me besides reaching you <laughs> I know that people are gonna start calling you like crazy uh 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 oh, uh uh Three eight four one as fast as I can get it. <laughs> We're going to be back on Aaron's show, folks. Uh, um, Aaron has this uh, Aaron's opinion, and I want everybody to re recognize and realize what a fabulous host he is putting this podcast together. How thrilled and honored I am to be a part of it, and to have my story told uh, with the most amount of love possible, given through a computer. With Aaron on the other end. <laughs> How about blessings, and I, I, I thank you so very much, and I look forward to another session together. Well, and we will, and you know what? So what I want to talk about when I what I want to talk about in part two with you, I, I already know what I want to talk about. I want to talk about something else that you said you when we were talking either over the phone or over messenger you were saying how you have done a lot of work in your life with blind people. You said that yes. You, you said that you've done a lot of work with group homes, right? In, improving people's lives in communities. And you've done a lot of, it sounds to me like you've done a lot of volunteering in your life. You've done a yes. lot of hard work in your life. I think that would be a part two. Uh, of course, um, let me let me just say that there is, uh, so there is something that, that I want to, one, one statement that I want to make just in about 30 seconds after we get done with it. Ladies and gentlemen, my name's Aaron Richmond. That was... If I do say so for myself, a totally out of this world episode of Aaron's Opinion, uh, the podcast for blind people, where we talk about all sorts of issues uh, from from around the world. Uh, you've been listening uh, on all the podcast platforms. And as I like to say, thank you so much. Have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. Wonderful.
A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you can save at penfed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our Powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.